read new nutrition studies all the time, and we love it. But we recently realized that we never share the most exciting ones with you. So in today's episode, we're covering four newly published studies that caught our attention, and we think they'll catch yours too. Will taking a probiotic shrink your waist? Is exercise just as important for your mental health as counseling? Can chocolate and water help you live longer? Let's dive in. Okay, we are doing something kind of new today, and I'm super excited. We listened, we looked at the analytics, and one of our most top-rated episodes ever in the Happy Eating Podcast history is the nutrition Q&A that we did, which is so surprising to us. Really surprising. And at the same time, there's always interesting studies that we run across. Some aren't interesting, <laughs> but then there's a few that are like, oh my gosh, this is crazy, well, well, that we want to like, share. Some are like, why did they study that? Right. Or why why did they write that up? Yeah. Or wow, the write-up of that was really bad if you look at the actual study. Yeah. And so what we decided to do is pick a couple of those studies. And these are likely headlines, things that were published out there, got talked about, but you may not have heard about if you aren't in the health or healthcare world. And so this episode is top headlines that you may have missed. And it's there's some that have to do with mental health, but they all have to do with nutrition. Some don't necessarily have a mental health component. And we want to know how y'all like this. This could potentially become a, you know, type of episode that we do every so often. Yeah. And each of these, each of these studies were all published within the last February or March. Four there was one there was one that came out at the very end of 2022. And that's it. So really yeah. they are all within the last three to four months. So this is like hot off the press. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Okay. And just so we don't lose people, we're just going to give you the highlights of four studies. I have already Rain Briarly in that she cannot get all into her randomized control trial details too many. But here's what we're going to cover. There's the first one is taking a probiotic could help shrink your waist. Second one is chocolate can help you live longer. The third is exercise may be more effective than medications to manage your mental health. And then dehydration may make you age faster. So let's As jump in. I drink from my Stanley Cup right now with my <laughs> electrolytes. Okay, so let's talk about probiotics and their potential to shrink your waist circumference. Yeah. This, this was surprising. It was surprising. So... I'm not going to say double blind. I mean, I just said it, but you, you just know. just said it. I just said it. But the this was a uh, a review study, and it looked at giving people um, probiotic, like, quote-unquote, therapy, right? Like, like giving that's them. That's what they called it. And that right. meant, was it through food or through mainly supplements? It was through supplements. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it was a review study. All of the studies were well-designed, okay? So... Um, they were also so it pulled a bunch of studies that were really well done. Yes, in, and it summarized. And it summarized them. Okay. Um, and it well, it analyzed them and summarized them. Um, the big disclaimer is that it was all in uh, people with type two diabetes. So that said, they looked at some other elements of type two diabetes, like 
your um, fasting blood sugar, your fasting insulin, and that sort of thing. But that's, you know, it's, if you have type 2 diabetes or any insulin resistance, it's really hard to lose weight. So yes. I'm thinking if it works for them. It's going to work for us. Yeah. It's also hard to lose weight in your abdominal area, mm-hmm. too, which is what they looked at. So basically what they found was that when people took probiotic supplements, um, there were two different groups, one, or sorry, there was a range rather from taking 10 CFU per day to 20 um, CFU per day. And CFU is like the number, the count of the bacterial strains, just so you know. Yeah. Um, Like the volume. Yeah. And you see that on the probiotic label. Label. Exactly. So one group had 10, one group had 20. Yeah. What happened? Um, and so really what they found was that both groups, like both any amount that was taken of probiotics had um, a decrease in their waist circumference. So their, their waist got smaller. Um, and what they found was that in, in the people who – sorry, in taking the probiotics, it was really the ones where they took like multiple strains – in one. So it wasn't like a singular. So for example, uh, in like a yogurt, you might only have one strain like of a probiotic. Bacillus. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah. one of the lactobacillus strains, like the, there were a handful of them in these studies that they looked at. But the point was, is that they weren't taking a singular strain of a probiotic. They were taking a multi-strain probiotic. So if you looked on the label, it might say lactobacillus, blah, blah, blah bifidobacterium, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Like, and then, and then there were multiple. I can't pronounce. Yeah. Right, exactly. But this is something that you and I have talked about before because so much of the research can get very strain specific mm-hmm. that ultimately, like, you've always said this, like, we need to be taking a multi, if we're taking a probiotic, it needs to be a multi strain version because you're not necessarily sure, like, which one is going to work. Right. And you only get benefited, appears, if you take ones that your gut needs. Right. Exactly. So you're just so throw a bunch at it, yeah. your gut. And you don't know what your gut needs. That's the yeah. other part, right? Yeah. So overall, what they found was it was beneficial. Now they also looked at something called prebiotics and symbiotics. Symbiotics, I feel like, is like a newer, um, a newer term um, product that's kind of out there in the market. But interestingly, what they found was when when they drilled down and they looked at prebiotics and symbiotics, that there wasn't an effect on waist circumference. Yeah. So they looked at more than just probiotics, and what they found was probiotics was most effective in shrinking their waist. And the amounts that they took were not necessarily – or were not crazy. No. At all. No. Yeah. Okay, just for people, symbiotics, according to WebMD, is mixtures of probiotics and prebiotics. Mm, okay. Prebiotics are those some of those non-digestible fibers that you can get naturally from food. But I think there are some supplements adding them. Um, so just FYI. So significant de- decrease in waist circumference was observed in people who took probiotics more specifically, or more significantly, it was in people who took multi-strain probiotics mm-hmm. of either 10 CFUs or 20 CFUs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bam. I know. Oh, that kind of makes me want to go take a probiotic. I don't take one right now just because I'm not sure what my gut needs. But this kind of makes me want to go take one. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. I'm, I'm in the same exact boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine starts Friday, so mine's not going to work that fast. But <laughs> Okay. Study number two, 
Yeah, so chocolate could help you live longer. So I always find studies that look at longevity kind of funny because we're all going to die. But the point is, is that you might live a better, longer life or a longer life that's better. So here's the thing is that we've seen a lot of studies um, in the headlines over the years about regularly eating chocolate. Um, and They've mainly been with heart health. Correct. Right? Yeah. And we know like chocolate's got um, a type of saturated fat in it called stearic acid. It's got added sugars in it. Um, you know, it can definitely, you know, cause weight gain. But there's also these beneficial compounds in them like flavonoids and other antioxidants that are supposed to be good, and that's the heart health link. So this study used the Women's Health Initiative population, which is that really, really large, large study large that was in the 80s. And it spans over time. Like Correct. Like, keep collecting it. Correct. So we have longitudinal data. Yes. Did I say the 80s? I meant to say the 90s. You said the 80s. Okay. So these uh, – the in this particular study, most of the women were enrolled in – the mid-90s, but then they didn't collect data on this until the middle of 2018 for this particular study. So um, they looked at um, a couple different causes of death, um, like from a cardiovascular event, um, from dementia or Alzheimer's. I don't remember the others, but Generally, what they found was that eating one to three servings a week could be protective. They looked at eating less than one serving. They looked at eating one to three servings. They looked at four to six servings a week, and they looked at one serving a day. And generally, the eating like the one to three servings a week. The people who ate one to three servings a week. Right. Could be protective. So what they may potentially live longer, had lower risk of death. Yeah. Lower, yes, exactly. Um, the part that was frustrating, like for people like me and Carolyn, was that they the the statistics were not, or sorry, the findings were not statistically significant. Yeah. So it showed a good trend overall for every condition that they looked at, but nothing was statistically significant. Um, But what I thought was cool was that they looked specifically at lower risk of death from dementia. Yeah, that was interesting. And I think, you know, we talk a lot about brain health, right? And so I thought that was really cool. Um, I also made a point to look and see if there were any conflicts of interest. So if there were, if like the researchers had been funded by, you know, some chocolate group or something. And And in some of the other chocolate studies, you'll see that they are. But in this particular study... There was they didn't report any conflict conflict of interest. Yeah. So um, chocolate is positive. It may lower your risk of death. It two one to three servings a week had a positive effect um, on lowering your risk of death from pretty much all conditions. The exception was Alzheimer's. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So we just justified your chocolate consumption one to three mm-hmm. times a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Study number three. Study number three. So exercise could be more effective than medicines to manage mental health. So this one really jumped out at me because the second part of the headline in the write-up said that physical activity is one and a half times more effective than counseling or the leading medications. I, like of antidepressants? course. Antidepressants? Yeah. They say, oh, wow. I, of course, was like, whoa, that is 
bold, bold, statistic. bold statement. So I'm not going to tell people that I, or I'm going to tell people that I don't necessarily agree with that statement. Um, when I it should never be used as a substitute. Correct. That's what we're trying to say. Correct. And also, I couldn't replicate that exact statistic from reading the study. Like at the very end of the study in the discussion, there was a part about what they talked about was they talked about how the how exercise improved scores. So they looked at how exercise the way that they maybe came up with this statistic was that exercise improved scores on like when they measured depression and anxiety and that and it it improved scores by like X, Y, and Z amount. And then other studies found that medication and therapy or counseling improved scores by X, Y, and Z amount. So they didn't, in this study, I did not, unless I missed something, I did not see them specifically assess antidepressants or counseling in comparison to physical activity. You didn't see where this study found – the results were very positive in favor of physical activity, but you didn't see the actual 1.5 times better. They also didn't compare. In the study, oh, they yeah, didn't compare directly in this study. They compared the ever-living oh, you-know-what out compared, of physical they activity. Took, like, they did depression scores, for example – and then they compared that result with depression scores in another study Yes, where they looked at counseling or medications. Yes. I gotcha. Yes. That's why I felt like that was a little extrapolation of the findings. But still, the findings around exercise were so cool. They looked at over 128,000 participants because they pulled together a bunch of studies. They also – the age range went from 29 to 86. Wow. So this was like a big, big age age range of people. And remember, this is over like a 20-year period almost. Yeah. They also looked at um, intensity, duration, and type of exercise. So they like really broke it down. Um, all right. Here's what they found. They basically found that all types of exercise were effective. They broke out like HIT, you know, high intensity. They broke out yoga. They broke out like just like long duration walks, all of that. Everything was effective. Higher intensity was associated with greater improvements for both depression and anxiety. So like the scores improved more when there was a higher intensity exercise. Now, this is my favorite, this next thing. Yeah. So longer duration, so exercising for longer periods actually had a smaller effect. Like there was less of an improvement in anxiety and depression compared with short and mid-duration exercise. Yeah. The long ones still had positive effects, but yeah, this yeah. – Something short or medium short. in length was better had, – had a had – a, you got like a bigger mood boost, right, than if you were to do something really, really long. Um, and so in the discussion, what the researchers like hypothesized was that that lower um, – sorry, that, that's not about the longer duration. Sorry. Longer duration, smaller effects. Then when they looked – we already talked about intensity, right, about how the higher intensity exercise was better. Mm -hmm. And so what researchers hypothesized there was that that low intensity might not stimulate the – neurological and hormone changes like endorphins for example exactly and like that like that 
you know, improvement in serotonin and like you said, the endorphins, the norepinephrine, epinephrine, all of that. Um, but you're going to get those with a higher – you're more likely to get those with a higher intensity of exercise. I mean, it's kind of like if you think about it, right? If you go to a hit, like a hit class or even like a spin class or something, like, and you really go, 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 like you're like, oh my gosh, this is kick my butt. But then you're like, ooh, I got the high. But if you go for like a walk, yes, it clears your brain, but you don't necessarily get the high if you go for like a long, yeah. slow walk. You want Carolyn's anecdotal yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I do. It kind of pains me to say this, but I have gotten where. If I'm sitting during the middle of work day, just kind of blah, like I think to myself, like I kind of want to go take a walk because what I've been doing, so I was editing a textbook and I got to the physical activity chapter. And when I was in my 20s, younger 30s, I never even worried about hitting that minimum for cardio exercise, yeah, yeah. 150 minutes. I mean, if yeah. anything, I got closer to the 300. Um, but I was editing this textbook and I was like, I, I mean, I do bar class four or five times a week and then I try to do two hit classes, but I was like, I don't think I'm hitting 150 minutes. Oh. I realized that this is like January when I was editing and I was like, oh my gosh. So I started keeping track of it. And part of what I did is I started just going for 10 to 15 minute walks. I try to do it like twice during the work day. Yeah. Usually like around lunch and then a little bit later in the afternoon. So and what I found is it is a – it's a game changer more middle – or what I'm seeing more than yeah. middle benefits. Yeah. Like if I get stuck at a place with work or I'm just blah or I'm not really motivated to do anything, I'll go for a walk and I come back in and I'm like on fire. And I would say I take an antidepressant. So this is adding to that. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Like th this is going to hopefully – Give you even yeah. more. And I've just kind of naturally gotten where if I'm in a funk, I think I need to get out and walk. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's kind of crazy for you, especially <laughs> because it means going outdoors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, that's just my two cents personal well, note. I think No, I think that's great because I think that there's always what the research says, but then you want to hear from somebody with their real-life experience. Are you getting 150 minutes? You may be surprised. Um. I know, I know I'm getting 120. Yeah. Because I'll do about 40 minutes three times a week. But then, um, like, I, I'll try to walk. Like, sometimes I'll walk to go get lunch. But that's maybe yeah. 15 minutes total. But then yesterday I went and um, I got in, like, an hour-long walk. Oh, it was so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was interesting when I started tracking it. I mean, I've never really worried about it because I didn't need to worry about it earlier in life. Yeah. And then I was kind of shocked. Yeah. 150 minutes is a lot, particularly if you're only relying on like an actual class, like a class. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's a lot of classes that you would have to yeah. go to. But if you're, I mean, walking your kids to school counts. Yeah. You know? Now, I don't include my bar class in the cardi in that 150 minutes. I think I should. Oh, wait. You're, I thought it was 150 minutes total. 150 minutes. Is it? I just edited this. I think it's more your cardiovascular exercise. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. No, I don't have time for that. I wish you, I did. You start walking during the day like I do. That's a lot of walking. Not if you divide it up. 
because usually I'll go out for a 10 minute walk and I end up walking like 20. And then like you do that twice a day, that's 40 minutes. You do that four or five days a week, you're there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 40 minutes. You're not fired up. <laughs> well, two 20 minute walks in a day is a lot. I know, but I've realized that taking the time to do that makes me in such a better headspace and more productive. Yeah. That I'm like, I can't not do it. Oh, I like it. I totally like it. All right. New this challenge. This is really shocking New for challenge. me to say all of this. It is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Not that you don't like exercise. It was more that you are going to walk outside as the part that's when so shocking to me. I don't like to do physical activity once I get dressed for the day. Oh, <laughs> good point. Good point. I I. I should have remembered that about you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Last one. Study number four. Dehydration may age you faster. So this is kind of interesting. And I started reading about this maybe last year. I got asked to write an article for Eating Well. And it was, can dehydration cause high blood pressure? And I was Hmm. like, what? Why are they asking? Like, if anything, you hear about you're dehydrated and your blood pressure drops. Yeah. Some. Yeah. But so I started looking into it and it turns out for that particular story that regularly being dehydrated is associated with a higher risk for cardiovascular events. I hmm. think for heart, like it was increased your risk for heart failure by 39%. Whoa. I know. So I started, what they define as dehydration, they have to look at your sodium levels in your body, your fluid. And um, so when you start to get a little dehydrated, the water in your body goes down a little, which makes the sodium content go up. And normal sodium is 135 to 145. I'm not going to... I think it's like millimoles yeah. per liter, yeah. something like Thank that. You. People don't care about so that. So you're usually within Not- that. <clears throat> yeah. But what the most of the heart studies found that I was looking at, and this particular study that I'm about to talk about, is that you saw um, risk increase when it just exceeded 142. So still within that normal range. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So this study looked at the serum sodium levels. And it found that when they exceeded 142, it increased risk to be biologically older. And what that means is, so your birth date, you celebrate your chronological age. Yeah. Okay. But we all know, like, some people seem a lot younger for their age. Some people look a lot older for their age. That's Mm -hmm. your biological age, how well your body's aging. So um, regular dehydration was associated with being biologically older and increased um, likelihood of developing chronic diseases and die at a younger age. Um, It also um, appeared that, well, because of those results, that regular dehydration accelerates the aging process, which really makes sense. Wow. I know. You know what? I, and I, it accelerates the aging process? Yeah. But, you know, for so long, and until I wrote that story last year, I, was, I always thought of dehydration as like a short-term effect. Yeah. And you got something to drink and some electrolytes maybe if you needed them, and the problem was solved. Right. I never thought about the, like, long-term contribution. Long-term. But there's a lot of research going on now looking at um, 
the connection to type 2 diabetes, obesity, dementia, kidney disease, all kinds of chronic diseases and dehydration over time. Well, this is where people need to go back in time and listen to our hydration episode that we did. Yes. And learn more and get inspired. Yeah. To drink some water. Get yourself a Stanley (laughs) and fill it. And if anyone's interested, I will link the article that I wrote about dehydration and heart health or high blood pressure. Um, But, yeah. And it makes me want to grab my water I right know, now. I know, exactly. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to double up my water intake today. Okay, so that wraps our four studies. Headlines you may have missed. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Hopefully everybody learned like a little tidbit, you know. Yeah. Drink your water. Eat chocolate one to three times a week. Get some exercise. Yep. And multi-strain probiotic. Add it to your routine. There you go. Not too hard. No things you can do easily today yeah okay guys tell us if you liked this because we would love to do it again if you did because we're reading this stuff all the time we're happy to share it with you and we're not going to share the boring ones with you we're only going to share the ones that like could really impact make a change exactly your health or life exactly carolyn might still be waiting for the one that says she doesn't have to eat seafood (laughs) yes i'm waiting for that one (laughs) (laughs) okay See y'all next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.